You're listening to the Relationship-Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Hey, welcome back to the show. Before we get into today's episode, I'm going to invite you to head over to our website at rclfirst.com and join our Facebook group. We got this brand new community where we create, connect, inspire, and ask questions and just grow together as we continue to strive to put relationships at the center of all learning. I hope you'll come join us. Hey, Nell, thanks for tuning in. Let's get you back into that part two of that enlightening conversation with Mr. John Whalen. So that's a perfect segue, John. So then you moved up to the district. You're, you're, you're now leading the district. We're, we're working hand in hand. We're coming across the district. Now we're leading multiple campuses. But the biggest conversations that I remember is you, like you said, you have such a skill set, John, that when you tend to focus on something, like you really go pretty deep into it. And, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm very in awe of that because I don't have that ability. But I remember sitting at your kitchen table and we were talking about the book and we were talking about like, you know, you, you really took a really deep dive into classroom circles. So now we're going to flip the coin, this, the, the coin, and we're going to go to the proactive side. Like you really almost took it as your craft. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And, and I truly say that out of all respect, John, because I facilitated classroom community circles and I did it. And I'm not saying that I, I don't value it and I don't appreciate it. So please, that's not, but I'm saying like you took it to such a craft that I remember having many conversations like, hey, Kevin, I did this part, of, you know, I did this in circle and I experimented with this and this is what I really found out and, you know, those types of things. So, so now when we flip to the proactive side of building relationships in a circle, what are some of your, your just initial thoughts? Be, you know, we'll, we'll get into the book and all this, but what are just some of your initial first thoughts when I talk about community building as a proactive methodology versus waiting for it to happen? Well, you know, I, I started to, to think a lot. A lot of great things happened after that first year. And to me, the, the I mean, we experimented a lot as you came in and worked with us with, you know, more proactive circles, but we were, it was still pretty stiff. You know, like we were still kind of trying to, you know, navigate. I think that's the key word, trying to figure this out. There wasn't a blueprint. Anywhere. <laughs> so that following summer, when I got to come out and work with you, as you were just starting to work with some districts up in the Metroplex, the Dales-Fort Worth area, uh, and, you know, the first day I came up, I, you know, you picked me up in Austin and we were driving up to, to Dallas and there's this lady sitting in the, in the, I think we were in a Bronco. I can't remember a Bronco or a truck. And this lady sitting next to me, never met her once in my life. And I'm like, who is this lady? And, uh, you know, just, she was a beautiful person, a love of a person, but just full of like just life and energy. And, and I got to know her a little bit that night, but the next day I got to sit in her circle and the things I saw and experienced there were just, I never even as an adult experienced before. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can't tell you what we talked about this or I can't remember. Yeah. But it was just this feeling of here's 10 strangers. These are adults. We're not even talking students. <laughs> These are adults just coming together in this room, using a talking piece, using a, you know, having a facilitator who, who has questions ready to share, learning about each other, but just seeing how deep people were willing to go when they, you know, chose to. In learning from Denise, I learned so much, but I was just in awe. Like, how did you just take 10 people over the last 60 minutes who didn't know each other really? and turn them into almost like a family. I mean, I don't want to say a family, but yeah. it was, you know, it was like this group of people who were getting to know each other. And 
it's just something that she it's a gift that she had but i i remember going up to you or after or ed lozano i can't remember but going up and saying who is this lady? Like, <laughs> where did you guys find her like I, I was i was so fascinated by her and i got to sit with her for a couple like two day sessions and i just became a sponge i'm like how do i i didn't want to like copy her i didn't want to say give me your question because it doesn't work that way right but i, I kept asking her, like how do you make people feel so at ease Mm-hmm. And she's like, you have, you have to listen and you have to share and you have to share your story. And through that and through, you know, us working and every day after these, I mean, we worked 16, 18 hour days, but it was joyful work mm-hmm. those summers as we were learning through this. And after work, we go to dinner and just talk about ideas and thoughts. And, you know, and, you know, I, I got this mindset that that next year going in, I said, you know, I really want to focus on these proactive circles, because if you can make kids feel this way. Mm-hmm. They're going to, if they buy into each other, they're going to understand each other. And if you understand each other, that's when respect happens. Yeah, absolutely. So pause right there quick, John, because this is what's funny. You saw the power of the proactiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you drank that Kool-Aid. Like you got hooked like I did. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, let's stop responding and let's try to proactively prevent this. And what's interesting, and I remember this whole dilemma, you're like, Kevin, I get to the district level, right? I'm now leading, quote unquote, the entire district, you know, not every single campus, but the ones that are participating in it. And now you've found this passion for proactiveness. Mm-hmm. And the phone's like, hey, John, I got this fight. Hey, John, yeah. I got this conflict, right? And you're like, son of a gun, man. Mm-hmm. Like, all they want me to do is put out fires. And you had realized the power of positive, proactive connections. Mm-hmm. And you were struggling because you as a district implementation and you, whether you're modeling, supporting, coaching, training, you are struggling with like, Hey guys, how do I convince you and model these proactive pieces? But I'm, and I'm not using the word, but like I'm bogged down with constantly putting out negative interactions all day long. So, I mean, isn't it interesting the dynamics of once we feel like there's a a reactive tool, we're going to go to it, but yet they hadn't experienced. And this is why I say this, John, is because this, and, and I'm, hold on, this is why I made this point. Now I know why I meant it. I'm let my mind go there. Is because this is why I tell people when the teacher sits in, that one teacher sits in, let's say your restorative conference or, or circle, or whatever it is, you're dealing with conflict and confrontation. That one teacher that you talked about, well, hey, and the kid offers to come help him on the set and everything else, right? Well, that one teacher leaves with this positive layer on their amygdala of like, okay, this was a positive experience. I have a positive outcome. We connected those types of things and we leave, right? But the other teachers, if they don't ever experience that, if they don't ever get a part to be part of that, for whatever the reason, whether their mindset, closed mindset, and they're not going to be that fixed, and I'm not going to be a part of that, or time, or they just haven't had it, then what happens is then they're immediately go to autopilot and go, oh, well, that restorative thing is supposed to fix things. I need to call John 911 because we've got Mm -hmm. a fight. And you found yourself in, in that dual role of trying to support both but yet you were realizing, like I finally realized all these years later, I'm like, the powers and the proactiveness. Right. I mean, I'm I, sorry. I, I mean, I just, no, I had no, to segue that. Glad, no, and you're right. And, uh, you know, I, I, you use that word navigate and it keeps sticking to my head. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that role in, in, you know, district leadership was, was great to say, hey, take this idea and start, you know, start running with it. And Absolutely. And, and the challenge was, is, you know, one, I was never like a, I was a classroom teacher. You know, I was a math teacher. I'm used to doing order of operations and, and uh, statistics and box and whisker plots, you know, things like that. I, I didn't have a lot of experience in, in leadership, you know, especially on a um, white scale. 
Right. Yeah. So, you know, what I did and, you know, in hindsight, I wish I had, you know, maybe done some things differently on my end, but I just ran to wherever I was, you know, being asked for. And it was different in every spot, which was okay. You know, again, it's a, it, there's, there wasn't a blueprint for this. You know, it, you know, we talk about this wasn't a, this isn't a program. You can, you can teach a program and steps to anybody. Right. This is a philosophy. This is something you have to experience. And so what I did is I, I started to, you know, it's, experiment more at the middle school. And then uh, I had a, you know, a, a primary principal, Pete Stewart, reached out to me and said, hey, we, I like this idea. We got to, let's run with it. What can we do? And so I would go there and just start doing these proactive circles a couple times a month with the fifth grade just to pilot them. And over time, you know, I, I saw the benefit in it. And, and I feel like the teachers did, and, you know, and the students, I think, did as well. But, you know, in one school, I might only be going over to deal with a, a discipline issue. And again, that's just because that's what the thought was in that school. Right. Uh, you know, it's, you can't take a, a district of any substantial number and train them in the summer in this. And I think that's a challenge, too. And I mean, we live that. But you can't say, all right, we're going to send everybody to a training for two days and have it a light switch. You know, right. like it's it's got to be a sustained, you know, my math vocabulary. I don't have a great. No, I, I would say sustained. sustained yeah, so it's got to be systematic. Because it's, I always say you got to integrate it into the fabric of what you're doing, because if you're not, then it's just a one and done or, OK, we did that. Check the box. And yeah. now it gets pushed in the back file or, you know, in a file mm -hmm. drawer or. Oh, or it's something, as you experience, it's something that Mr. Whalen does. And mm -hmm. so I, I just think it was really, uh, you know, almost just ironic where I, it, it, Ed White, it was something, that's Mr. Curtis. Oh, restorative? Oh, that's Mr. Curtis, right? And then I, mm -hmm. I, know, I just started noticing the same pattern when you took over in that lead, it was like, oh, that's a Mr. Whalen, you know? So right. you and I think it was growing, you know, a lot of it was that, again, that navigation, that growing, Yeah. Um, you know, and I think over time things did start to shift a bit, you know, in, in a, in a positive way. And, uh, but again, you know, I, I think back to the study I read about Edward and this is still like really just kind of blazed in my mind is, and I can't remember if it was restorative or just change even in education it might be change theory, but to see like, you know, to see restorative pass, I always explain it like this because I just speak it straight. Yeah. For this to pass the eyeball test, three to five years. And I'm saying three to five years to a school where, you know, you're not inundated with, with uh, conflict. Right. If, you're, if it's a school inundated with conflict, it's going to take a little bit longer. It's an Correct. investment. And, and so I know, like, I, I don't work in Binghamton anymore, but I know they're still, you know, doing a lot with, with circles and with restorative and, you know, and I, and I hear good things. So I think, you know, it's a seed that needs to be planted you know, in, in districts and, and even individual schools, but it has to be watered. You know, it can't just be, let's throw a seed in, let's see what grows. It's, you know, it's a, again, we're talking about the magic, or, you know, the magic wand. It's, it doesn't work that way. You so, have to, you're going to run through bumps and, and, and bruises. And, and so, I mean, and again, I think the biggest thing, Kevin, and you being, a, you know, one of the first schools that really implement this, you know, under this, through this lens of right. know, using circles and using uh, you know, treatment agreements and conferencing in this, in this pattern is, there isn't a blueprint. Right. And, and that and was hard. And there never will be, but I think there's a blueprint into working with the human, like with the soul and the heart, right. you know, and, and, and getting us to, you know, a mindset, you know, right. a, you know, I think when you talk about relationship centered learning and all these things that come together in the middle, that mindset idea is key, you know, opening up our minds to thinking about a different way yeah. you know, of, of working through a situation, especially if the way that we keep trying isn't working. So the seed you planted when you were developing the classroom circles book, it really came from the forefront of like, hey, I'm seeing so many positive benefits and I'm seeing so many like, you know, like you said, I'm navigating and realize there's if I'm consistent and I put certain components in it and I do certain things, 
and I say this with a loosely term, I get a better outcome. I'm using that with air tags, you know, air hashtags. I get a better outcome as far as connectedness, right? A better experience. Thank you. Better experience. And so when you decided to put to get put the book together, it was really just taking, and I don't want to use your words, but taking your experiences and your ideas and your thoughts of what you were actually using versus these weren't thoughts. These were practical yeah. ideas. So take us through the concept as you started to develop the idea for the book. The first concept was, and, and you know, and I, I remember the conversation you and I had at the kitchen table one day, just sketching out ideas, thoughts. Like if we were to write a book on circles, what would it be? And we, you know, we wrote out maybe 10, I can't remember, number of ideas on a piece of paper. And then, you know, and you're off and I was off trying to do this. And, and, you know, we were so busy then. The concept or the idea was, is one of the, the main things that I, I felt a great passion towards writing this was we, I would go to these, we would, you know, even in my own school, we'd have these amazing training sessions. I mean, they were the most powerful professional development that I've ever been to where, I mean, people would applaud at the end of them. They, they, I remember a few times standing applauses at the end of it, but the circle part of it was always, you know, as adults, was always really, really an impactful part of the day. And people were so excited to go and run with this idea. And, you know, we tried to front end it, you know, as we would unpack it, like, hey, your first few circles wouldn't go as, might not go as planned. And I learned that my own way, you know, like my first few were bumpy. And again, I think that problem is, is if, if we try something a few times, it doesn't work. We're, you know, that diet, like I always like, you know, that diet's not working. I'm going to try this next one. And so I, I think I, what I, what I was worried about was I would, you know, work with teachers that were so excited to, to try circles and they would go to their campuses and you bump into them a month or two later, like, Hey, you know, or, or anything really, any of these re- like investments in relationship building, you know, not just that first week of school, but, you know, sustained throughout the year. And they'd say, you know, you know, I just either, I can't find time or the first few just didn't go as planned. So what I thought was, what if I just kind of do a quick synopsis of, you know, what circles are and how, you know, so that it's a great review, but also share a lot of stories that will show that, you know, the bumps and that last chapter in the book, those strategies, tips and strategies of, you know, I don't, I hate to use the word managing circle, but facilitating circle, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, cause a lot of teachers are like, well, what if a kid does this? And, and I can't give you a, if then do, but you know, to, to share stories mm-hmm. to say, well, you know, I had a situation similar to this and you know, this is how we, we worked through it. But the, one of my main ideas to write initially was like, this would be a great, like a uh, companion, you know, as you learned about doing circle mm-hmm. in a classroom to take with you and be able to refer back to. And, uh, and it just kind of wrote itself. I mean, I, I didn't write it in a, in a front to back fashion. Uh, I, I took some of the ideas that we made of like, we'd want to cover like these 10 or eight or whatever things. And I would just write on what I felt that day. And, you know, I had it all sorted out in different Word documents in a, in a folder. And, and it, but I, I saw, I knew what it was going to look like. Right. You could what see I loved it. about it is mm-hmm. I got to just write it in pieces. And then I had a dream one night after I was close, you know, I finished most of it in a couple of weeks. So I was out of work for a few weeks. I had surgery and I had a dream one night. And I don't even remember what the dream was, but I remember sitting up in bed and all I could think about was Denise Holiday. And I said, I have to get Denise's voice in this book. Because, you know, I think Denise is the reason why I jumped at circles. Because mm-hmm. I watched her and I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. In, in her way, she taught me how to facilitate circles. But I felt like that was kind of what was missing. I was breaking it down, you know, as an educator, here's how this works in the classroom. But I think it was missing the voice. Mm-hmm. And, I'll ne- and I just, I sat up, I don't know what I was dreaming about. I go, Denise has to be part of this. And I called her the next day and, I, and she's like, are you kidding me? You know, she, you know, did her Denise. <laughs> yes, and, we know Denise, and, and, so we know and, how but, she would respond. Right. And, and, and it took some time to, to put it together. And we found a process that worked really well for us. 
I'd love to write a book with Denise, like just on Denise, because she's a fascinating person. But it was so easy to write her parts with her, like, you know, like to help her organize her ideas and thoughts. But I think that's what I really love about the book is it's two really great things. It's, it's a great guide for teachers on, on what Circle is with some practical experiences shared and ideas and in circle, you know, circle scripts and whatnot. But then there's the the spirit of circle, which Denise offers. And, and it's, it's, it's really powerful. So it was, it was a fun, it was a great experience writing the book. And, you know, I want to write something else, you know, when I get some time, you know, I think that's a lot of our issues is I I need some time. I got some ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just haven't put them all together yet. And, uh, but I, I, I really, would love to write something else, you know, if I, so, so for our listeners, John, where, if they're interested in purchasing the book, where would you guide them to first? Well, it's not on Amazon. We know that if you go to, if you go to ed 311.com. So that's ed 311.com, right? Yeah. If you go to ed 311.com and look under their, their library of books mm-hmm. or in their store, you should find it, you know, on, you know, on, pretty easily or you, you can yeah if you just type it in you'll see it there okay um, and there's a lot of different you know you can buy it individually you can buy it part of a package of other things uh but it's it's there is my book still on there your book oh yeah okay no I, i've never i've never even talked about it john i was just asking why you got it pulled up is my book on there still yeah your book's on there there's a okay. lot of different uh well the only reason i said that so for our listeners john and i both have the same publishing company ed 311 out of austin mm-hmm. texas so ed 311.com uh, look yep. under their resources under yeah, the library like library or books you yeah know, you'll be able to see it there but um or shoot man, me an email you know, I could, and I, and I could, yeah, we're, you're going to find it. I'll help you. Absolutely. So go ahead and sh- uh, we'll put it in the notes, but go ahead and give them your email, John, which one? You uh, my, uh, probably the best email to get me at is uh, just because I check it every day, like all day. It's J Whalen, W H A L E N at W P C S D dot O R G. There you go. No, man, I am really proud of the way that you and Denise found a way to bring those two voices because I said, John, I think, you know, as talented as I am in certain areas, mm-hmm. uh, the craft that you made, that you created with Around the Circle experience, and then the brilliant, and that's why I say brilliant idea, bringing Denise into it, I think was a culmination of two, as you said, I think she provides the voice. You got the content, mm-hmm. you got it down, buddy. Yeah. Um, but I think Denise just brings that, that human spirit to it in a way that, as you've said, I've tried to tell people, and you get it, I get it. And until you meet Denise, like, uh, you know, she's popped on a few episodes and, I, and, I, and, and, and I'm actually saving her, John. I'm actually going to do an interview with Denise for my 50th episode, which is right around the corner. I'm going to save her the 50th. But no, you know, we call her Circle Mama and it's really hard to emulate what she has because you really can't describe it. You can't write it down. As you said, it's not the question. It's not where you sit in the circle. It's not, she has it. And if you know what I'm talking about, when somebody has it, they just have it. And John and I you have to be around that person. Yeah. you. But and, and so, and you and I are better people and we are better at what we do in our craft because of her. But, but as you said, we'll never be her. So shout out to, to, to circle. Well, I, want a, I want a, like a tell, I want a video in question for that 50th episode. Oh, you know, absolutely. For, for like two minutes, you can dial me in and I'll ask a question or share an experience. Uh, yeah. Be really neat. No, we'll have to figure out where we maybe get a few of us on there and and, and, yeah. uh, and really make it all about her on that episode. But um, as we as we start to wind down, John, like, listen, man, not only are you a brother, you're an amazing human being. You're, you're, you're in such a, I would love a glimpse sometime to crack inside your head because, man, you, 
the things and the conversations that we have and the thoughts that you have. But I do want to open up the mic, John. I want people, I want you to think about this and I want you to frame it. And I'm sorry I didn't give you a setup for this, but I want you to think, I want you to think like you have so many unique points of view and education. Mm -hmm. And so before I sit you off on this, I want to, you know, because you now, and we'll talk about it before we get off, but you're a principal now. So now you, now you have that leadership position. You're in your second year. But when you look at education and you have a point of view that is either different or unique or you would like to share, this is a platform. And John, again, I have no idea how many people are going to listen to this. But at the end of the day, I want somebody to think, I want somebody to think differently after listening to our episode. So give our listeners, John, something to think about. It doesn't have to be the answer, but I want you to challenge our, our educators with thinking differently today. Okay, so I'll do it. I'll try to do it in a nutshell. I, I think the education system needs to be, I hate using the word blown up. And I don't want to say the system, but I say like, you know, what we've become, you know, what school has become in this, like, you know, and we're still very heavily rooted in like an industrial model in education. Okay. Uh, I, I really think it really needs to be reimagined, you know, rethought and, and what school looks like. You know, for so many years, school and education was, you know, you had to read a book and you had to learn a process or learn a bunch of facts and be able to recite that and, and go out and implement it. Now with, with these things, if we can teach kids how to use these, that's all in their fingertips. And I think as we look at what education should look like, I, I really firmly believe that working with the idea of social emotional learning, that's going to be as important as academic learning as we move forward into this into this century. And, you know, even 100 and 200 years from now, with the advances in technology, with the in increased uh, amount of diversity, and with diversity, you know, and I worked in a very diverse school for most of my career, diversity is, we celebrated, it was, I, diversity taught me more than I could have ever learned, you know, watching a movie or reading a book, but learning, like living within a a diverse group of people, you celebrate it, but with diversity comes great challenge. There's a lot of, you know, just different cultures, different beliefs, different, you know, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, trauma, you know, in between different, you know, cultures, different races. But when you bring in a very diverse group of people together, which is becoming more and more possible, you know, in this century, you have to focus on how to work together before you do the work together. And so I really strongly believe that this idea of teaching our kids how to work within a community and how to work as teams and how to take different points of view and how to understand their anxieties and, and how to deal with the depression, which the numbers are through the roof with it. Those I really believe in, and hopefully in very quick fashion, because I think we're, it's going to become a, a very, I hate to use the word epidemic because we're living in one, but it's going to become an educational academic or epidemic is we need to, to focus on the whole child instead of four or five outcomes and four or five subjects, you know, in, in school. So my hope and my dream is that, you know, this idea that that we got to work so closely in of, of taking time and focusing on building culture and community in the classroom as the beginning, as not like something we just do or not as a supplement, but as the beginning, as the base of everything. If, if schools begin to do that and don't give up on it right away because it'll be a bumpy transition, I think we're going to see some really great things happen, but there are a lot of things too. I mean, you have to look at teacher prep programs and, and I mean, it's the, you know, and what, and what those need to look like, but I, I really see education. And I always tell people, I feel like the guy in the corner on the soapbox with the sign, you know, like, you know, the end is near that guy, but I don't, it's not like that, but I, I'm the guy that's saying that teaching kids, you know, the social side, the social skills is going to be 
possibly more important than teaching them the academic skills very soon. And a lot of people aren't ready for that. And again, it's not because they're they're not intelligent. It's not because they're bad people. It's just none of us have had to, like in our lifetimes, it was academics. That's all school was. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I think we're at a key moment in time in education in this country where we could uh, really, I think even, you know, looking at our country as a whole, really push us to the next level, you know, as a leader in the world, like through our education system. But I think it all, it all begins with reimagining what school is and, Absolutely. And, and having kids feel like they belong in school and giving kids a voice. And I think, you know, circles, uh, the stuff, you know, with NEDRP does with, you know, the different uh, structures and strategies for intentionally doing these things, even within a, a 40 minute period are, you know, those beginning seeds that, you know, you, you begin laying for, for, you know, some of these things to happen. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I feel on education, you know, I love I, it. a real quick nutshell, because you know me, I could talk for about four hours. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm, and I'm glad I, I, you know, you were able to sum up that in less than that in about four minutes. So that was yeah. good. Um, so people, so now, John, I want people to know, so you are in your second year as a principal. So uh, let people know where you're at now, what you're doing. So I'm in a, a fantastic small district. Uh, I worked in a, in a small urban district most of my career. Uh, I spent 18 years in, in, in Binghamton. And uh, I had a great opportunity to uh, become the principal. At, it's, it's a tough word to say, but it's called the Tiafnioga Riverside Academy. It's in Whitney Point, New York. It's about 15, 20 miles north of Binghamton. It's a, it's a small rural district. It's a fourth to eighth grade academy, which was just really appealing to me because I was a middle school teacher most of my career. But I always loved and I always thought I'd teach fourth or fifth grade. And, and that's in this building. And, uh, you know, as I thought about just different, you know, to take a, you know, to jump, to take that risk to try something different. But I also, uh, you know, I, I jumped at it. But the other thing in the back of my mind too is, as a leader, how do I take some of these ideas that we worked on over the last four or five years? Because I never had that opportunity as an administrator. Mm-hmm. As a leader, what would it, you know, what would it look like, you know, trying to work with a, a, a staff of teachers in, in, in bringing a restorative process? It's not a program, but right. it's a process into the building. And it's been great. I mean, we are, we, many of our, our uh, teachers within their morning meeting every morning do some form of a, a circle or, or a two minute connection. You walk amongst many of our classrooms, fourth and fifth grade, and you're going to see treatment agreements on the wall. And it's something that, you know, I hope to be able to move into, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth grade, you know, uh, organically. I don't want to say, oh, we're all stopping and dropping things tomorrow and doing sure. it. And I'll tell you, Kevin, doing it this way, it's been really interesting to watch, you know, just kind of doing it organically and just sharing things as we go. And, you know, I got a great opportunity, Doug and Donald Bozier were up last year doing a training with a, with a neighboring district. And I got to tiptoe over and bring a few of our teachers to it. And, and, you know, I was really happy to be able to present for a little bit during it. And, uh, and, you know, some of those teachers that came to it really, I think were, you know, I don't know what the word is, they, you know, inspired to, to try some of these things and, and to see it stick, but we have a number of new teachers here and they're doing it. Yeah, I think they saw it somewhere or they, you know, or, or they'd heard from their peers, well, we're going to try these things. So I, I'm seeing some really neat things organically happening here. And, and in this office, you know, when we deal with discipline, it's, it's always through the restorative lens, you know, and it's, it's, it's what does each student bring into this office other than what, a, what, do, uh, what do I bring to them? It's what do yeah, they bring right. to me and, and how we're going to deal with it. So uh, second year being a principal here, uh, you know, in this time of COVID, it's been quite a challenge. But, you know, I, I, I'm learning quite a bit. You know, I, I still hope to present, you know, at some point someday and, and still work with educators across the country on, you know, on what, you know, restorative is or what relationship 
centered learning is or whatever, you know, this philosophy that will get people to think about, you know, what I was sharing earlier, that idea that we need to really focus on the whole child over just the academics. Absolutely. So before we close out, so what do you think about as a leader, I, I am listening. And so mm -hmm. I love the idea that you're organically allowing it to happen. You have mm -hmm. such a smaller community. You're not having to worry about one school, you know, this school's got to do it and that school mm -hmm. did it. So I think that works as you've pointed out, differentiation is the key to, and for us, for everything. So when a district calls us and says, oh, we want to do it systemically across, you know, 200 campuses versus one or two campuses. So I love the idea, as you said, we always say, you know, never bite off more than you can chew, you know, never train more than you can support. So the fact that you are organically allowing a few teachers to experience it through attending one of our trainings, but you're also, you were intentionally letting them experience. You were in, you, wow. you, you went in and modeled. So, so would you think that when you, by you going in and modeling and as the leader this time of the mm -hmm. campus, how do you think that that made an impact? Oh, it, it was huge. Uh, so last year, my first year, again, I, I didn't want to come in and just say, oh, here's what we're doing. And, you know, and I, I wanted to listen and learn about the school. But uh, one thing I, you know, and the teachers knew I'd written a book on circles here and, you know, and I broke down what they were in my introduction to them and, you know, as part of it. But I, I went, I was intentional, or fourth and fifth grade of going to them last year and saying, I'd like to come into your classroom just once a month even for a 20 to 30 minute circle. And I will build it and model. I just want you to be part of it. And I'll tell you, it was, it was very well received, but the kids, the kids loved it. The kids always, I mean, I'll be honest, I mean, it's very rare that you see kids not like circle. You know, if, mm -hmm. if the kids are given a voice in circle, they're going to run with it and love it. But I think it was helpful that I did go in, you know, up until March when we when we had to go on quarantine, you know, the whole area, the schools closed for the spring. Each of our fourth and fifth grade teachers had the opportunity to see a circle, you know, a number of times. And I think that was nice, too, because I, I think, you know, if, if I come in and model a circle once to a teacher, it's a great experience. But if they see it a number of times, they get to see a few, you know, trips around the block, mm -hmm. you know, and different, you know, paths you might take. So, uh I would say, you know, a number of those teachers are still doing circles and if not all of them are doing them in, in their own capacity or they're doing the, the, the two minute connections, you know, just taking intentional spots during the day to say, all right, we're going to take some time and I'm going to do two G GTKY questions. Right. And, uh, you know, and I've shared with them some of my, the banks that you know, I've built or that, you know, Denise and I built and said, hey, yeah. you need some questions, run with it. But that, that's been key. And I know some of our middle school teachers are, are we have a home base period. So, you know, if you want to think about when in a middle school or high school setting, you could start to begin doing some of these things, an advisory or a home base period, you know, a, a 20 minute period during the day, which we have about 15 minutes here, day where it's non-academic work, you know, it's a, it's a smaller group too, you know, if classes are 20, these, these groups are about 10, but you try to give every adult in the building or every you know, teacher a, a group of 10 kids. That is like your, your garden to start, I think, for many teachers, sure. yeah. because it's a sustained allotment of time or if you're given permission, and we've always said that there's power and permission to say, hey, take this time to connect with your kids. But don't just do it loosely either. Don't just say, oh, let's just sit and talk. Now, there's days where that's great, but you have to have some, some structure to it. And, and so I think that's a great way to, you know, if, if, if a school is interested in, in, you know, learning more, you know, let's say they, they, they go to a, you know, a training on, on circles or, or, or whatever, you know, a great place to start maybe after that is to have that that little chunk of time somewhere built into mm -hmm. your master schedule in the, you know, but that's secondary primary. Yeah. It's, it's great. You know, it's that fertile land. It's absolutely time right into a morning meeting or, or whatever. So, 
Well, I like what you said, because, you know, at the very beginning of my career in this, I was, I was very, I'll be honest, negative about those one shot opportunities. You know, if you only do it during a advisory, whatever, but as you've said, I've grown and really understood that that is that that's kind of like that practice period. Right. So at the secondary, if you get a practice period, you can really hone your skills and yes, you get that smaller group, you build a community faster, you start to figure out how to navigate around the students that blurt out or the students that act out or the whatever. You figure out how you are as a facilitator with the goal that now I eventually take it into all those other classes. Exactly. And, and, I, I, and I just think that, let's just call it step two, the, the follow through, mm-hmm. right? I think some people fall short and want to keep it just during the advisory because it's a non-academic, non-content scheduled time, right? So kudos for for practicing in that period. Eventually, though, in order for it to be sustainable, because I remember when we went to Angleton one time and we were talking to Angleton as a follow-up and they had that, they had a practice period. I'll just call it, no, I'm sorry, no, it was they built in 10 or 15 extra minutes to let's say third period, right? So as I'm coaching them, I'm like, so how's it going? They're like, third period's great. And I'm like, well, what, what's up? They're like, well, third period, we have like 10 or 15 extra minutes. And so we get to do all the stuff that you're training us. And I'm like, so how's first, second, and the rest of them? They're like, oh, no, I mean, we, we don't have time for that. And I'm like, so you see the value in it, but, tra- but you know, really transitioning and taking it and implementing it in those other ones where there is content associated with accountability you know, I, I think that's the, that's the true litmus test on your investment in relationships. What are your and thoughts think, on that? You know, I, I think you totally nailed it. And I think back on my own experience, I think I really learned the, the, to be comfortable facilitating circles. We had an advisory period each. And you were coming to the school then. I had the same group of 10 kids. I had a kid that they, and sometimes they'd say, oh, this kid's not working out in this advisor. I'd always like, bring him to mine. I'll take him. I'll never forget, I had one kid who refused to sit in our circle. We circled three of the five days a week. And it was very loose too. But um, and he and I didn't make him. I said, hey, you're welcome to sit in here. You can sit back there quietly. But after about three weeks, he joined. And by the end of it, he was a key contributor. And right. you could see the comfort over time. But we circled three days a week for 40 days, or not 40, 40 weeks of the year. Uh, we did a quick circle on Monday. Hey, you know, I got 15 minutes. I got nine, 10 kids. Tell me one thing you did over the weekend. And it was fun, you know, and it was fun. And, you know, you get to hear about their lives on the weekends. And then Wednesday, I put 20 or 30 questions, you know, that we had built, you know, all of us on the board and, and I'd give one kid the, the pretty much the master controls. I'd say, you get to pick the questions today. Yeah. And then it evolved over time in, you know, when we would work with a lot of schools, well, can students run circle? They did. Yes. It took some time for them to, but I'll, when the classes were coming in and we were out in the hall doing hall, you know, just making sure the halls were clear, I'd come in, the kids were already sitting in circle and they would go into my desk, which I was fine with. I know not everybody is, but they, I had a one drawer where I had this big talking piece they were going, they, the circle would already be started by the time I got in there. I had to like catch up. And that was the beauty behind it. But I saw over time what it can become. It takes time to get there. And I think this idea of, you know, taking, if you have that 15, 20 minutes to learn your craft and find, and it doesn't have to even just be circles. It could be a right. lot of different other things. Absolutely. To, you know, to experiment with, to disconnect with, with the kids and to give them a voice and give them a space. So then when it comes time, and we're talking secondary, you know, on a bell schedule, right. what I learned to do was every two to three weeks in a 40 minute period, and again, this took some time for me to, to understand the timing of it, but I would do anywhere from a 10 to 25 minute circle every two to three weeks with right. every class. Right. And, and sometimes like, you know, if I gave a quiz on Friday, 
I could do a circle every week for 10. I mean, we're talking 10 minutes. We're not talking 40. Right. And, and if we're going with some of our more shallow ended GTKY questions, kids eat it up. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a way to, to fit them in over time so that, you know, I think a, a misconception or a misunderstanding some teachers have on a secondary level is that, well, if I have 40 minute classes or 45 minute classes, my circle's got to be 45 minutes long and I can't give up, you know, every two weeks, 10% of my instructional time. And I agree Absolutely. you can't, yeah. but you could be strategic in finding those chunks of time and then also peppering in things like the two minute connection or, you know, yeah. your 60 seconds, you know, but you put those things in so that it becomes part of the culture. If you're doing it every, you know, it's great to do a circle. If you can do one even a year, great. If it's not done in a sustained way, it's a, uh, you know, it's not a, it's an experience. It's not part of the culture. Absolutely. So, so we'll end on this, John, not in the podcast a second, but in the segment. So think about this, think about our cross-connect model, student to student, student to teacher, teacher to student, as you reflect and you, not just your centerpieces, but as you revealed who you were, right, through being a part of the conversations of the circles, how much, even when your teachers got to see you modeling it, right, how much, when you reflect on the circle processes, does it reveal about you. In other words, how much do they get to know about you as the adult? The reason I say this is, is because as we've grown through this pandemic, I always re- re- reference when Joe Beckman said, right, we're too busy in education trying to be extraordinary. It's when we're ordinary, when we make the most oh, genuine connections, right? So, so think about John, as, a ref- as you reflect through all of your circles with kids and adults, modeling with kids, adults here, think about how uh, the, the cross-connect model where how much they get to know about you being in a circle. I have it. And I, and I, I'll be, I may have written about this in the book. I, I, I uh, it's weird when you write a book and I, I don't feel right reading. It's just like, I, you know, it's, and, and I haven't read it in at least a year. That's why I joke. That's why I'm like, is my book still out there? Restorative yeah. discipline practices? Um, Cause and, I haven't read it in a while. I, I believe I wrote about this. Um, so that same group of kids I just talked about that advisory group, we had circled three times a week. And I mean, I'm, I still, when I see some of these kids, they stop and they talk, to them. you know, if you see them out in public. And I really think it's because we, we got to know each other so deeply, but I'll never forget this. It was, it was, you know, near the end of the school year, it was definitely June. I mean, we go to June in New York. I know you guys are done in May in Texas, but uh, it was, it was June. And, and, and I had this feeling of sadness that I knew my time with this group was coming to end. I grew to love them. I mean, they were, you know, and that's the neat part about investing time with 10 kids over, you know, five days a week for 15, 20 minutes is, you don't get that chance. Like, you know, we were saying to do that with other kids. So you, you, you fall in love with the kids. But I, I decided one day for circle, I said, you know, I'm going to do something fun today. I'm going to hog circle up. And I want to take time to, to really show the kids how much I appreciate them and how much I learned about them. So I, I had a timer down like on my watch. And I don't know if they noticed it, but for each kid, because I think there were 10 of them, I, I did a minute and a half on what I learned about each kid. I didn't have to recite anything. I just knew so much about them. Right. And it was fun and we laughed and, 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 you know, the kids became so close, but the, the neatest thing that happened was the next day I came in and we were getting ready to do something in the advisory. Cause I think it was a day we didn't do circles. I come in and they're already sitting in the circle. I'm like, what are we doing guys? Like we don't do circles on, I, I forget what day it was Right. five years ago. And I said, well, it's not fair that you got to tell us everything that you learned about us. And we can't tell you what we learned about you. And they each took two minutes it told them like about me and I'll never forget it. It was, it was really neat. It was one of the neatest things I've uh, experienced as a teacher. Absolutely, brother. Well, hey man, we will end on that. I know that was emotional, but hey man, listen, I have looked forward to reconnecting with you and to, just to hear your voice, man. I really yeah. want people to, 
to just hear your voice in the work that you're doing. I know it seems like it's a really quiet time right now. I'll throw a term out the other day that I heard, John, that I don't know if you had heard this. Um, they called it pandemic pedagogy. So I'll put one for your a tab in your brain. I'll send you the link or wherever I saw it, but I'm just telling you pandemic pedagogy. So that, that'll add one more tab to your brain because I know you don't have enough to think about. But man, listen, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure, not only mm-hmm. as, a, as, as a friend, but as a brother. You are an educator that makes an impact. You always have been. You always do. I cannot thank you enough for taking your time, um, your valuable time, to be on the show today, man. Thank you for what you do for education. Thank you for pushing me and the people around us in thought-provoking ways to think outside the box because I thought I was outside the box until I met you, John. You are a man that's outside the box and I love and respect you for what you, what you do and what you stand for, for advantage. So just thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate hey, it. That's, uh, it's it's, it's uh, quite a compliment. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, it's been a fun journey so far. Absolutely. Well, so hey, far. It, yeah. it ain't over. That's no, what I no, said. No. Absolutely. It's been, uh, I, I'm very blessed that, uh, I got to cross paths with with you and, and a lot of the people through this work I've met, especially in Texas. Yeah, um, it, it's changed my life. It's it's changed my trajectory as an educator. It's changed my it's changed my trajectory as a person, as a, as a father, as a, yeah. you know, as a as a husband, as a friend. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's um it's it's really neat what this type of work when you focus on it. It, it doesn't. You know, I wrote in the book when I did my acknowledgements or whatever in the beginning, I, you know, I thank the kids in Binghamton that I'd worked with for so many years, but I remember writing that, you know, they taught me more than I could have ever taught just by being themselves and sharing themselves. So, amen. Um, but, but yeah, thank you for having me on. This is Absolutely. An honor. Well, again, you continue to teach me. I'm always a better person anytime I interact with you. So, Hey, for our listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in to the relationships and learning podcast, and we will connect with you next time. 